Uh, okay. So Jimmy, if if it's okay with you, I want to take I want to take two minutes. Two. Let's time it. Two minutes. Okay. To talk serious talk it. about current events, and then we can get to the funny funds. Uh, we we did skip a week last week in solidarity with the protests uh, surrounding the killing of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter movement and all this stuff. And you and, and because I, both our mental health was pretty much in the toilet at that point. Absolutely shit, right? And you and I felt very strange too about making a show as two white dudes. Uh, that's about making fun of Yu-Gi-Oh! And like having the hyuck yucks while the world literally burns around us. Um, it was a weird week. It was a weird week for me. It was my birthday on Friday. Uh, and it was going to be Brianna Taylor's birthday. Uh, which was a weird thing for me to discover when I was like, why is nobody oh. wishing me a happy birthday? Oh, right. It would have been Brianna Taylor's 27th birthday had she not been shot and killed by police officers 90 days ago, a crime that there have been zero arrests for in 90 days. Ghastly. And we know who did it and we know why. And we know basically all of the events surrounding the situation. Plainclothes policemen raided her home looking for somebody who didn't live there. They were in the wrong house. Not only did they didn't live there, they also already like arrested him. Oh yeah. Turns out this person was already arrested. And then when her boyfriend fired a gun because he thought his house was being broken into, which to be fair, it was. It was being <laughs> broken into. Uh, they opened fire. And it, it, it fucking sucks to talk about because, not because this is a, a, uh, a, you know, such a ghastly and like one-off situation. It is ghastly and it's horrible, but it's also not an uncommon happening in America right now, in a lot of parts of the world right now. There's been a, a huge discourse going on in the UK where people are saying like, oh, the UK isn't racist. And we all kind of look around and go, ooh, actually, uh, yeah. It's very yeah, we kind of are though. Ooh. And Australia. And Australia, you know, and it's not enough to say like, well, I'm not racist, so I don't need to change anything. We need to do a better job as white people to acknowledge that even if we aren't being actively racist in our social circles, we benefit from a racist society. We are actively benefiting from racism and therefore taking part in it's racism. So we need to be as the the the. I don't know why I'd never heard this term until recently, but anti-racist. You know, we need to be doing everything that we can to make sure that we, not only are we you know, maintain, making sure that nothing gets worse. So we need to be making things actively better. <sighs> um, I don't want to spend too much longer talking about this because I know I wanted to give myself two minutes and then I really want to make a fun show that can act as an escape for people. That's why I like doing this show. Uh, if you can go and donate to, uh, causes that are helping uh, black people, especially that are helping protesters, especially um, I've put a link on sandwich.computer. Uh, it's the top post right now on the blog and it goes to black lives matter.card. That's C A R R D dot co. Uh, pardon me. Black lives matters, plural dot card dot co. I don't know who put it together. Uh, I I've just seen it circulating around Twitter. All it is, is a bunch of links to different places that you can donate. 
we have said on the show for a long time, we don't want to make this show for money, but we do really want to support causes that can use money. You and I have been talking about ways to keep that happening moving forward um, because we really like being able to use this platform and our voices for something good in the world. Um, yeah. Now more than ever, um, no matter where you are listening to this, there is definitely some kind of fund, like community fund or something along those lines near where you live in your community that could use your help. Absolutely. And this is not going to be, this is not a fad problem, right? Like I said, like this is not a new situation that we're dealing with. This is something that happens frightfully often in this world. And donating now is going to be awesome, but we need to find sustainable ways of affecting change. Um, so I'm going to be doing my best to make that happen. Jimmy, I know you're going to be doing your best to make that happen. And I, I just hope that like as a community of people who like making fun of Yu-Gi-Oh, we can find our own ways of making that happen. So thank it's you been- for... A little longer than two minutes, but this is important. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm stepping off of my soapbox now. <sighs> Shit sucks. About... It does suck. Do you want to talk about a podcast? About <laughs> Do Yu-Gi-Oh? I want to talk about a podcast? Uh, I would love to make a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh with you, Jimmy. Thank you. <laughs> It's time to put 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are talking about the final episode of season two, season two, episode forty-eight, Showdown in the Shadows, part two. It is a season finale, y'all, and we just Ooh. barely scraped through because you brought this to my attention before I saw it. Uh, they took the first two seasons off of Netflix. It did in this happen in US Netflix and the as well? US? Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. I don't know so. what's going on there, but we only had like one more episode to watch. <laughs> they still have season three, so we're good there. Yeah, for for some strange reason, <laughs> they decided to keep season three on Netflix, but every other season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters is gone. <laughs> um so how did you end up watching it? Uh, I just went to Yu-Gi-Oh.com, or is it Yu-Gi-Oh.org? I think it's .com. It's .com. But they have links to all their series episodes on uh, Hulu. Oh, cool. Okay, so I went to Yu-Gi-Oh.com, and I got to the page, I got to the episode, and I hit play, and nothing would load. Nothing would happen. And I I could see, and this may be a regional thing, I bet, is what was going on. I could see in the little Chrome, you know, the little lower left where it tells you what's loading. I could see Crunchyroll was loading. So it looked like for for my region, maybe, instead of using Hulu, they were using Crunchyroll. So then I logged into Crunchyroll uh, for the first time in forever. 
and finally found it you know found the season they have like uh they have like a, a subbed version of Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess hmm. that I, I was really tempted to go and watch the subbed version of this episode as well. I just didn't have the time for it. Um, but the episodes were like all out of order and it was very strange. And then oh. there were like commercial breaks, but then no commercials would play. And what a mess. It was a very strange experience. And I was glad that I only had to do it for one episode um, because it is not my ideal. If I'm being honest, uh, but Yu-Gi-Oh.com seems like when it works is a good option. Yeah. Speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh.com, I'm on there right now. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there is a Yu-Gi-Oh tribute art show. Did you see this? Uh, I think I've heard about this. I remember when we first started talking about the YouTube show that the official Yu-Gi-Oh channel has been doing. I believe they went to that show. Well, now apparently the show is over, but you can Mm -hmm. order prints of all the art that was there or some of the art that was there. Ooh, hell yeah. And some of it is actually really cool. I'll drop you a link. Uh, okay, uh, this is uh, uh, 1988 dot com, all spelled out. Uh, oh wow, yeah. There's some good stuff here. There's like a, a blue eyes really ultimate dragon print. Uh, there's a oh, I love the uh, Bennett Slater's two little blue, two little eyes. The little like blue a, eyes. It's like toon a melty tune dragon, yeah. I like the I like Dan Mumford stuff. Behold the legendary gods. Where that that my... it, just scroll down a little, but it's the three Egyptian god cards, um, and it looks really rad. And then there's like oh fuck Yugi yeah. in silhouette, just glowing. Ooh, oh that is rad as hell, Jesus. Eighteen by twenty-four uh, screen print. All right. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bookmark this for no reason in particular. <laughs> I I kind of want to get it, but then I don't necessarily want to be that guy with Yu-Gi-Oh art on his wall. Why? But, why? What's the problem with that? <laughs> it's silly. That's it is why. silly. It is silly. But um, don't get it because you want to get it. Because I want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so freaking cool, though. It's really good. Anyways. Uh, okay, so no, this, sorry, this is bad audio on. already. Um, <laughs> Let's start to do a podcast where we look at art. <laughs> I'm sure that's a podcast. I'm sure somebody's doing that podcast. Uh, so uh, uh, the, the viewing experience was less than ideal, but this episode goes places. You know, it you does. and I were worried that, like, they weren't going to be able to, or at least I was worried, uh, that they weren't going to be able to, like, tie up all the loose ends. And they still don't. But in a way that I was like, oh, I need to start watching season three right now. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was a it's a cliffhanger ending. Spoilers. Um, but they're basically like, you want, you want us to tie up your loose ends? Fuck your loose ends. This is what you get. Come on next season. Right. Yeah, I so I, I don't know. It, it 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 feels it feels like strange timing for Netflix to make this decision. I mean, I'm glad they still have season 3 cuz we're going to start talking about season 3 soon, but like how long is that? How long can we rely on that, you know? Yeah, I don't know cuz Yu-Gi-Oh is generally pretty good with putting all their stuff on as many platforms as they can. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if their like contract just expired and they have to like do some paperwork and bring it all back. 
but maybe and it's that weird actually, timing it brings up that actually uh, uh ties in quite nicely with a listener email that we got uh listener james wrote in uh to say hello uh, james <laughs> james, From one say james, to, james. to another hello <laughs> Uh, uh, so James wrote in to say, hi again. Last week, a listener called Dab asked what your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh series was. And mine is GX. Uh, that's generation next for those who have not been following along. Um, so I wanted to highlight some of the more ridiculous episodes. If you or any of the other listeners wanted to watch these shit shows, check the Yu-Gi-Oh YouTube channel because they pretty much have all episodes of GX on there. Uh, and James specifically points out episode 13, which is titled Monkey See, Monkey Duel, uh, which has a reference to Joey Wheeler, which makes sense because Kaiba owns the school that the uh, show takes place at. Episode 23 is called The Little Bielowski. Uh Episode 65, No Pain, No Game. Uh, James says this has what is considered, what is widely considered to be the worst decision for a voice dubbing in all of Yu-Gi-Oh!, so you know I have to watch that. Uh, and lastly, episode 81, Let's Make a Duel. Hmm. So those are recommendations, I guess, not for episodes that you should watch because they're good, but episodes that you should watch because they are bad, <laughs> which is my kind of episode <laughs> list, if we're being honest. Maybe we can do some uh, bonus episodes with those. I would. That's exactly what I was thinking. Thank I you, James, for sending I think I have in. heard of this voice acting one. Yeah? Unless I haven't. Unless I'm mistaken, this is an episode where a mammoth is given the voice yelling of um like Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent. Oh. And instead of making like trumpeting noises, it's just this woolly mammoth card going Okay, something about that like triggers a memory for me, but I can't. So I don't know if it's that episode. We're going to have to watch it, I think, is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do, like, a bonus episode uh, of of just, like, the worst <laughs> episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, in, uh, in, I don't know, however many settings we can get through. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, so the watch experience here was not ideal, I think, but we'll get through it. Uh, and I think we should just go into talking about the episode. Let's talk about the season finale. It's time to discuss the episode. The translated title of the season finale of Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 2 is One Turn Kill. Fuck, that's good. And that's actually, this is so good because that's that's not, like, translated. Like, I didn't, that's how it appeared in Japanese was they used the English characters to say, in all caps, one turn kill God. which is just like the most eva shit possible that is right? so anime you yeah. expect that like after someone does a finishing move that ex- appears in like giant block letters behind them like this is an achievement that i want to get in a video game one turn kill yeah fuck yeah uh, the summary of this episode is Yami Merrick uses Joyful Doom to reduce Ra's attack points to zero. When the beast is destroyed, he revives it, and then Yami Merrick uses the previously unknown abilities to defeat Bakura and Merrick. Yami Bakura is sent inside the maze of the Pharaoh's mind and plans on unlocking the Pharaoh's secret. 
Upon realizing that the innocent good Bakura was also sent to the Shadow Realm, enraged Yami Yugi confronts Yami Merrick and vows to defeat him. Merrick temporarily takes over Teya's body again to warn Shizu about his evil half's plans. Got all that? Because <laughs> most of it happens in the last, like, three minutes. Y- yeah, kind of, kind of, right? And, like, we start off, of course, with the recap, right, of the last episode. How did you feel about that? Uh... It went pretty fast. It did, but it was also like, <laughs> it was sort of a better version of the last episode than yeah. the last episode was. Because it was it was all of that like, ah ha you think you've beaten me. Ah ha ha, no, you haven't. Ah ha ha, yes I have. Like, but like real quick and snappy, you know? Uh, so if you, had, if you didn't watch last week's episode, it, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, what do we get, actually pick up, though? We Where, get right back start? into the thick of it with Bakura, uh, Yami Bakura, I should specify. We haven't seen actual Bakura in, like, a year. What I happened kind to that of, poor boy? I kind of think that he's just not coming back. <laughs> Is he just gone now, that poor think, British lad? I think he might just be gone. <laughs> Sir, not appearing in this film. <laughs> Bakura. What a weird thing. Like, I don't know that you could. I'm trying to think of any cases where you could do this. You know what this is? Sorry. I was just about to say, I don't think you could do this in a live action version of the show, but you totally can. Uh, In another not good television show, Friends, the actor Joey Tribbiani plays a character named Drake Ramore on, is it Days of Our Lives? Uh, Wait, it's a show within a show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's an actor, right? And he gets a he gets a role on a soap as a doctor. And then that doctor dies in the show, right? In the show within a show. Mm-hmm. And then he gets brought back uh, into that, that role as the doctor's evil twin brother whose brain has been transplanted into the doctor's body. Sure. And I think they do I think they do two separate soap operas that have basically that same plot line because there's another one where he meets uh I think it's Susan Sarandon plays this character, but he, she gets written out of a soap opera that he gets a part in where he plays her character in his body. <laughs> uh so forget what I was going to say. I think you could totally do this in a live action show, but it is very interesting that we have effectively a character who is just a husk at this point. Yeah. He's just like a scaffolding for right. all these other characters to occupy. <laughs> he is, he is the blank canvas on which to write your evil spirit. Uh, anyway, Bakura, let's just call him Bakura because when, who get, who knows when we'll see regular Bakura anymore. Uh, there is know, no good Kura. There is he no gone. good Kura. <laughs> so Bakura. Bakura is like, hey, I have your winged dragon of raw card. Remember how I have the winged dragon of raw? I still have the winged dragon of raw. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish that what you just said was fake. I wish that what you just said was not literally pulled from the script of the show. That's basically what he just says like five times in a row. Is just reminding case. us, the audience, and Merrick. That we have, uh, that he's got the Winged Dragon of Ra. Yeah. And not the Merrick that he has, like, superimposed on his Bakura body. 
And we're talking about bad Merrick. Right. Because there right, are two right. Merricks in this duel. God. <sighs> yeah. Just and in case a, you forgot. It gets a little confusing in my notes, too, because... So, uh, Bakura does his thing, right? And then good Merrick appears sort of spectrally to remind bad Merrick that they're going to use the Winged Dragon of Ra to get good Merrick's body back so that good Merrick can use it again. And then bad Merrick tells good Merrick that actually good Merrick should be thanking bad Merrick for taking over his body because that's how good and bad Merrick got control of the Millennium Rod, which has been like the source of his power this whole time. Yeah, the reason he's so, like, powerful and, like, rich and famous and has a yacht, not famous, but, you know. Infamous. Infamous is that uh, Bad Merrick took control and used his body to do evil stuff. So you should be thanking me. Thanks, devil, for making me do it. (laughs) Uh, But this is a show. Then they play a card game because this is a show about card games. And so back in the card game. Uh, Bad Merrick plays Vengeful Bog Spirit, uh, which stops all monsters from attacking for one turn. Cool. <laughs> sure. I the 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 thing that I was trying to figure out, and maybe you got a better idea of this. Is this just like a one-time thing? Is this like Swords of Revealing Light, but just for one turn, or is this like a like a new rule? Like all monsters have to wait a turn. It's kind of vague, and they just run right by it. So your guess is as good as mine. The points moot in a few minutes anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so Vengeful Bog Spirit, then what? Uh, so uh, Merrick, good Merrick, old right. Merrick. <laughs> I, think we could just say, Merrick. I think we just say Merrick and Yami Merrick. Sure. Uh, original Merrick tells Bakura to play uh, Winged Dragon of Ra, and he's like, yeah, Jesus, I know. <laughs> That's what I've been planning <laughs> to do this whole time. <laughs> it's a whole point. That's why we're here. Right. Uh, and so he does play Winged Dragon of Ra, uh, and he has this cool, like, summoning animation where he's, like, doing the Magical Girl Transformation, like, races the card, and there's lightning and explosions and stuff. It's so uh, fucking good. It's really good, but it's kind of nullified by how, like, vast chunks of his body are just missing now. Because oh, he's slowly see. dissolving into the shadow realm, so he's just like a bunch of floating body parts. Oh, I think that's part of it, though, because he's got like separate, fully separated parts of his body now that are all like floating around as he like thwips this card and like slams it down on the. He's got like a floating arm half that like slams the card down on the dual disc that's held up by the other floating arm. It's good. It's, I like. There's it. a lot of that this episode. Can, there is. Do you want to just? Stop for a minute and talk about how good the animation is in this episode. I would love to. I would love to. Where do you want to start? I feel like if did they just like take the entire animation budget and put it towards this one episode and that's why the rest of the season looked the way it did. It feels that way, right? Like I I feel like I always see clips from the movies and I think damn, that is a good-looking show. Like, why doesn't the anime look that good? And this episode looks that good. It looks like a completely different show. All the, like, animation is tight and, like, natural. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of, like, clearly defined shadows that really uh, reminded me of season zero, uh, Mm -hmm. where everything was kind of, like, pointier and, like, darker and more stylized. 
the and the line work does that thing where it gets thicker towards the the points and so it really accentuates everything's sort of sharp angles mm-hmm. there's a lot does, of sharp angle angles it does that thing with with motion like as Bakura is playing that card where the the arm sort of bends with the motion like the like the I think I'm I'm didn't study animation somebody got this wrong but it's like the a frames or whatever like the in between frames are really really crisp mm-hmm. uh maybe it's i frames but then i'm thinking of fighting games um and it it reminded me you know a lot of ways of the way that jojo's bizarre adventure animates the fight scenes where you see the body sort of like bend and snap into position you know yeah and it's like it's moving faster than like it it should be while not actually moving that fast. I don't know how else to say it. Everything in this episode, including the backgrounds, the backgrounds are painted much better than the backgrounds we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, especially there's a shot later on inside the Millennium Puzzle where it looks really good. Yeah, it, it was so... It was so clear that they custom made the backgrounds as opposed to just having like, you know, whatever whatever stock inventory of backgrounds that they, they have in the rest of the show, right? Because mm-hmm. in the rest of the show, you can kind of tell like, okay, well, they're reusing this background plate from, you know, two episodes ago. But everything felt sort of of a piece in this one. It's beautiful. And um, I'm kind of disappointed the rest of the show doesn't look like this. Yeah, uh, I was planning on um, taking this this um, this episode and watching it on my CRT TV, which mm. I have uh, just gotten recently repaired. Uh, I have a uh, this is gonna let me nerd out for a moment, but I have <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, for you retro gamers out there. I own a Sony PVM thirteen forty four Q, and the Sony PVM series are professional like broadcast video monitors from the eighties. Yeah. That you would find in like TV stations where it's like the picture is just so good because that's what actual television programs were using to make sure everything looked good. Right. Um, right. And so they're in high demand, especially for retro gaming, uh, because the picture just looks so good no matter what input you have. And so I was planning on watching this episode on my TV downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, I couldn't do that because. Um, I couldn't get Hulu to load on my laptop <laughs> oh. because my laptop's so old. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I was disappointed that, but uh, it was going to look so good on there. Yeah. Well, you but, know, I mean, knowing that uh, uh, Crunchyroll has the subbed version of a lot of these episodes, I wonder if it might be worth going back and watching it on Crunchyroll to get the the Japanese version because I do know that they censored some stuff in this episode which we can talk about later on I did notice a couple of things that were definitely censored absolutely there was one kind of glaring one yeah oh but yeah we can we can talk about that in a, a bit uh, anyway, this yeah. episode looks absolutely gorgeous just incredible and I really hope that like you know are we seeing uh like a like a turning point for the series? Like, are, are we are we going to see more of this kind of animation? I don't honestly know. Because, you know, if you go and look at, like, uh, uh, GX or whatever, like, that doesn't 
that doesn't look this good. No. So I'm wondering if I'm hoping they got a bigger budget for season three to make it yeah, have this st- this quality of stylization. Right. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to pull up the the Wikia page before I forget, so I can find the all the censorships that they did. Oh yeah, um, that's a whole conversation in itself. That's, that's a whole separate thing. So okay, so we're in the duel. We're playing the card game. Uh, we're we're doing the the U G and the O. Um, uh, Wing Dragon of Raw comes out. Yes. And not to go a, back to what we were literally just talking about, but Wing right. Dragon of Raw also looks really good. This is the Fucking best we have seen Wing Dragon amazing. of Raw. Amazing. Just I, amazing. And it's it's because, at least for me, it was because the way Bakura plays it, he is ringed in fire before he even makes the move. And then he sacrifices his monsters and they sort of like dissolve in a way that we haven't seen before. And then Wing Dragon of Ra rises up from somewhere he is <laughs> behind Bakura. And it's such a like like uh like a like Godzilla sort of scene, right? Where yeah. there's silence as the monster rises from the depths. Well, it's cool too because when we first see Winged Dragon of Ra emerging, you don't see like all his body. All you see is the highlights of the light shining on him and his two glowing eyes. He's so almost good. silhouetted with just like some some glinting light off of his like chunks of his body. Yeah. And I made fun of Winged Dragon of Ra for being the goofiest looking uh God card. I, mean, I mean, he still is. Is the thing. He still They're all is, kind of here. It looks looking. here. It looks good, though. Yeah, I mean, good lighting can fix a lot. Anyway, Wing Dragon of Raw is played. Is <laughs> what we've been <laughs> getting at for the last five minutes. Right. Uh, this activates Yami Merrick's trap card, Joyful Doom. Uh, what it does is reduce the attack power of any summoned monster, or pardon me, any monsters on the field to zero and adds their attack power to Yami Merrick's life points instead. Uh, and you'll remember, Jimmy, so when you play Wing Dragon of Raw, its attack power is equal to the combined attack powers of the monsters you sacrifice to summon it. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be like, what like seven thousand attack power or whatever? Because you had you had three monsters out on the field. I I don't honestly remember what they were. I'm sorry, um, but they all get reduced to zero attack power. So Ra then also has zero attack power. He's got Whoops. he's got defense. He's got like three thousand four hundred and fifteen. It's it's some arbitrary number of defense. Uh, and Merrick's life points go up to like. 8,500, like almost 9,000. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Winged Dragon of Ra, the Egyptian god monster, has all the attack power of a wet noodle. <laughs> right. Maybe a little bit less, depending Maybe on a how you bit use less. that noodle. Uh, so, so Bakura then switches Ra and the Puppet Master, which is the other monster he has out on the field, to defense mode. 
And there's another really cool animation beat here. I'm just going to keep pointing them out as they show up in my notes. There's a cool animation beat because you see them sort of shift into defense position and you see it through the holes in Bakura's body. <laughs> yeah, Bakura is standing there and then like through him, you can see like the winged dragon of rock kind of like hunker down. Which sounds gruesome. I guess we should explain his body isn't like... It's, it's you're not seeing blood and guts and stuff. It's no. it's like a spectral like back it's, to the future style. You know what it looks like? It's like hmm. the episode of SpongeBob when he has the Doodle Bob come to life and just like erase stuff. Yes, that Parts is of him have just been erased. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, so you see them shift sort of through the erasures in Bakura's body. Um, Bakura yells at Merrick for not telling him that that could happen to the Winged Dragon of Ra. And Merrick is like, hey, man, I didn't know he was holding that card. Yeah, this is the moment where that that line from last episode pays off where Yami Merrick says to himself, aha, it's a good thing I switched my deck so that good Merrick has no idea what I have in my heart in my in my cards. Meanwhile, good Merrick is saying to Yami Bakura, don't worry, I totally know every card he has. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's my cards. Right. So that little bit of dramatic irony finally yeah. paid off, which is really satisfying. It actually worked for once. Uh, then we shift to some yeah. pointless bullshit. Meanwhile, Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Teo wakes up in Bakura's room and is like, how did I get here? This is Bakura's room. She wakes up how? on his bed. How can oh. you tell in this featureless blimp Whose room is whose, is what I want to know. Yeah, it looks exactly the same as every other room on this blimp. Um, so she wakes up and realizes that Bakura's gone. Um, so she goes and wakes up Yugi. Uh, she ham- There's a kind of a funny moment where she hammers on Yugi's door and he asks who it is. And it's like, who do you think it is, dumbass? You have one friend who is a girl on this blimp with you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not recognize your like best friend's voice? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine Taya being like, "It's me, Seto Kaiba." <laughs> so, so okay. So he opens the door, and apparently he sleeps in a black tank top, which I thought was, an, or it's not a tank top. It's like a, it's a sleeveless T-shirt. It's a crew neck T-shirt. Yeah, but it is sleeveless, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and he's the only person who doesn't sleep with his full jacket on. <laughs> he's not like Tristan. He's not like Tristan. <laughs> uh, she tells him that Bakura has gone missing. Uh, to which he has <laughs> one of the most logical two a.m. or whatever time it is reactions. He goes, "Huh? No." <laughs> And then we cut away. We cut away from that, that scene. Well, it just lingers. Yep. And we're back in the duel. Uh, <laughs> Yami Merrick has Jirolago attack the puppet master with... What is the name of this attack? Spiral Thrust. <laughs> so bad. This is, where, this is where the good animation of this episode really comes back to bite us in the ass. Because, like, this guy has a drill dick is what it is. <laughs> He has many drills, but yeah, one of the drills is a dick. One of the drills is definitely a dick, and this this is Your drill is a drill that will pierce the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. 
So, you know, believe in us who believed in Drilago. Um, and Drilago attacks uh, the puppet master and destroys it. And Yami Merrick has this line where he's like, and your winged dragon of Ra is next. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Uh, and we get some of that, you know, classic back and forth where Bakura is like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to defeat you with my next card. And Merrick goes, I just said, I'm going to kill your Winged Dragon of Ra. Like, it's powerless. And Yami Bakura goes, ah, but I didn't say my next card was Winged Dragon of Ra. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then Merrick's like, well, what card is it? Bakura goes, it's just a card I have. And Merrick goes, but what card? And he goes, I, I can't. I'm just, let me take my turn. <laughs> a lot of that back and forth. But uh, anyway, Bakura sends Ra to the graveyard. Uh, he sacrifices yes. it. Uh, it has a kind of a cool animation here. By Ra, uh, it just explodes piece by piece. Yeah. It it doesn't feel very good, Mr. Stark, is what it does. Yeah, it's like little bits of it are just kind of exploding into like puzzle pieces almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, it is it is very sort of puzzly in a way. Very um like like a mosaic sort of falling yeah, apart. But it's it's... Notably, it's not the usual, like, death animation where it's clearly just a real shitty Photoshop shatter effect. No, um, this is... You, this is you actually sort of the Yeah, you get sort of the sense that it is, like, actually trading power for something else to come onto the field, right? Yeah. It explodes um, like it's made out of Legos, and then, like, you drop the Legos. Yes. Yes, it's it's. Uh, I think slow mo guys made a video like this where they make a Lego thing and then drop it. It's very similar. Uh, the Dark Ruler is what he summons instead, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to find a way to sit in my chair that's not like excessively squeaky. I don't know what it is about today that makes it just so loud. Um, the Dark Ruler. <sighs> What can we say about the Dark Ruler, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't even remember what Dark Ruler looks like. My notes say he basically looks like a Conan villain. Sure. Um, yeah. He's not important. He's not super important, and it's kind of just like... Oh, okay, sorry, I just pulled up a picture. It's it's Ganon. Is really, it's Ganon with a green face and like a, a, a big headdress. And you can't really say anything more than that. And I was really disappointed because Bakura makes such a big deal about it. He's like, aha, the other card that is as powerful as Winged Dragon of Ra. This will be your doom. Um, oh, this guy. Yeah. He's got like know, three faces. I guess. There's a bunch of different versions of him. And some of the other versions are actually way better. Uh, Dark Ruler Ha Des, which is a very good. <laughs> very good joke very good way to not say hades um uh is there a deal with the dark ruler is a really badass looking card hey anyway. nuts <laughs> jesus christ jimmy <laughs> uh so so bakura plays that that card and he makes this big deal about it and then it's kind of just like there he is uh it's not terribly okay. important because not of terribly what important next. Uh, and I think he even says, like, good luck using Winged Dragon of Ra's power now that it's in the, the fucking graveyard. Yeah, even... Joke's on you. If he... If... Because um, Merrick had, uh, like, the last episode, they traded the their cards that one time, and mm-hmm. he got uh, Monster Reborn. And so even if he resummons Ra it. from the graveyard, 
he'll still have zero attack points, so he's basically useless. Right, exactly. We do get a, a really cool like close-up shot of Monster Reborn in, in Merrick's hand as he's explaining that. So, Wing Dragon of Raw is basically out of the picture at this point. Uh, Bakura plays Dark Necrofear. Still a stupid name. Still a dumb name. Um, then, fuck, what is the next play here? Uh, then he sacrifices 800 life points to bring back Earl of Demise. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, magic Burial. Bur- yeah. Burial. Magic Burial. It's one of those words I never know how to say. Uh, is the card that lets him do that. Which I thought, just given some of the math that we did last episode... I thought that losing 800 life points would like make another major part of his body disappear, but he kind of just loses a little bit of a leg. Like it's a minor inconvenience. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, does anything else happen here before we cut back to Yugi and Taya? I don't think so. No, it's just Merrick yelling at Bakura because uh, he's being so careless with their life points. And with oh. his body, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so they just yell at each other for a bit. I love, I love this little fight because at this point, Merrick is kind of like, sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if Bakura wins, the rules of the Shadow Game state that Merrick's body is consumed and is sent to the Shadow Realm. So, like, Merrick doesn't have a body to go back to. But then, if Bakura loses, then Merrick's sent to the Shadow Realm anyway. Yeah. And his so like, he'll, he also won't have a body to go back to because it'll just dissolve. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why he has any sort of dog in this fight. Um, but okay. So we then we cut back to Taya and Yugi searching the blimp. Uh, They're just uh, for, wandering for the around the blimp. They're not even searching it. They're just walking around the like hallways. And Taya's like, man, even, you know, even in, even in a blimp this big, how could we lose a whole ass person? Which. I mean, it's fair. And then Yugi aptly guesses that Merrick is probably behind it. You know, who could have done this? Maybe the evil supervillain who's also on this bloop with us. Yeah, maybe the person who has come out and said, "I will kill each and each and every one of you." Uh, and then we just decided to go to sleep. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we get another cutaway. Uh, Kaiba is still awake, still typing away at his computer um, in his blimp control room, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of, it's difficult to tell if this is like where you pilot from or if this is just like his separate little computer room that he's set up. His supercomputer attachment point. It Uh, feels a lot like the basement computer room that he had in his like hideout in the first season. It's in the blimp basement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so he's at but, his computer. Yeah. Uh, Mokuba fell asleep in his chair because he's up so late. Cute. It's very. This is the sweetest thing that w- we've seen Kaiba do. Mokuba fell asleep in his chair, so Kaiba took his coat and put it over him. Yeah. Aw, they're Aww. brothers. That's literally the nicest thing we've ever seen Kaiba do. I think that's the only nice thing we've seen. That's <laughs> the do. only nice thing we've ever seen Kaiba do. Uh, be nice to his uh, sleeping brother. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess we've seen him do nice things, but really only for Mokuba. Yeah. Uh, and he's running the numbers, I guess, 
on how likely various strategies are against the Winged Dragon of Ra. Yeah, he's running simulations. 33.33 so like that... repeating, of course. <laughs> Chance of success. So, so, so like now that he's sort of been able to translate the last bit of text on the card, he figures, okay, let me put all this into the computer and let me just figure out what deck I need to use to, to beat this. And the computer tells him virus crush card combo, like, isn't going to fly. That's a very low chance of success. 13% chance of winning. Which I'm not really sure what kind of like chess master simulations they're running in the background. Uh, but that's, that's cool. I guess that he can do that. <laughs> it's very funny to me that he's running all these simulations on what could possibly defeat wing dragon of Ra, completely unaware that Ra has already been defeated and is being used in a duel right now on his own blimp. That's true. Yeah, that's that's sort of another layer to this. Like this episode does a lot with the dramatic irony of the setting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like if he only knew, if only his satellite system that tells him every time any card gets played was working properly, <laughs> he'd be able to know that the Winged Dragon of Ra, the one card that he wants more than anything, is being used in a duel right now, like twenty feet above him. You'd think he'd have, like, an alert set up for that sort of thing. God card alert. <laughs> right. Uh, so we cut back real briefly to the duel where Yami Merrick reveals that he knows of abilities that the Winged Dragon of Ra has that even Good Merrick does not know about. And then Good Merrick goes like, Okay, <laughs> I guess, if you say so. Uh, uh, then we come yeah. back to Kaiba. Right. Um, I have to point out, Kaiba's running these simulations on what looks like Netscape Navigator. Like, if you yeah, look the at UI, the UI, it looks, like, great. it looks like late 90s uh, Mac OS. Yeah. It has the, yeah. those, like, uh, gray slider bars on the side of the window. It's uh, It's really funny to me how much, like money and effort they put into the satellite system the dual discs the tournament and then the fucking like website that you go to to watch the duels on like can't even get a live video stream and like this (laughs) super expensive simulation has like netscape navigator ui yeah it still makes me mad that this like official dueling website is just jpegs of the competitors with some numbers right I can't. I, I can't imagine that that would actually fly in today's world. No, there's no way. No one would go there. Um, but so he's so he's he's studying the cards still, and uh, he he learns. Sorry, this this part makes me actually angry. <laughs> he learns that it has a secret power called instant attack. Uh, How does so he that's learn this? Cool. Who it was, knows? It was, I guess. I guess this was the secret text. Uh, the the cool part here is we do get a really good close up of of Kaiba's face as he's considering this, and he realizes that where the god the other god cards have like their strengths and weaknesses, Ra is sort of in a class of its own because it has these like multiple abilities that you can use to to 
sort of defeat really any combo. Like it can defeat a lot of magic cards. It can defeat a lot of trap cards. It can defeat basically any monster if you have the right strategies. And then, sorry, this is the part that actually makes me angry. It's so dumb. He learns that it possesses several abilities that are not listed (laughs) on the card. Not even in the hidden text. They're just not written on there in any way whatsoever. So even if you can read the ancient text, you still don't necessarily know all the powers. Which, Jimmy, I think answers your question from last episode. Because you were like, man, I I really want to know what the ancient text says. And I think the ancient text says there's more that you don't... Like, the ancient text says that this ancient text does not contain all of the information. Yeah. The ancient the text ancient... says, please see appendices B. <laughs> In the official rule book on what this card can actually do. Except there is no rule book. No. And I... How, how the hell does that even work? Right, and that's... Mm, you just have it's... to... If you're dueling with this card, the other person's just going to take your word for it that these like other secret abilities exist. Right. And, uh, okay. If we if I get too far into it now, it's just going to keep coming back up because we keep having this conversation like in the episode itself. Yeah. We cut back to Merrick, uh, Yami Merrick, monologuing to himself about the instant attack power that Kaiba has just discovered. Mm-hmm. The inf- in the 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 instant attack power lets him get around the restrictions that are put in place by the vengeful bog card that he played, which forces you to wait a turn, and it also allows him to get around the fact that the winged dragon of raw has zero attack points. How so? It just like <laughs> is an instant kill machine, basically. Yeah. If Ra, the the way an instant attack works is if Ra is brought back from the graveyard, it can attack instantly. Hence the name. And we get a, we get a great like cut back to Kaiba leaning into the computer, going, "So that's what it means. <laughs> so that's what instant attack means. <laughs> it can attack instantly." Right. Uh, meanwhile, Yugi and Taya take the elevator up to the dueling arena. They see the shadow cloud. Uh, Yugi transforms into Yami, who says that if Bakura loses the duel, he'll be trapped in the Shadow Realm. Thanks, Yugi, we know. Uh, and this is really the only good note that we get out of this, like, C plot that's happening. He says to Taya, Taya, this is too dangerous. Go back downstairs. And Taya says, fuck no. <laughs> Uh, she doesn't say that. It's a kid's show. Um, but she says, no, like, I have been with you on this from the beginning. I went with you to the museum. I know the ancient legends. I'm basically the only person here besides you that believes in magic. I'm sticking with you on this. And you can't, like, tell me what to do. Yeah, I was at your side when you discovered your own history. So I'm going to stay right here. Yeah, it's maybe one of the best character moments in this show. And then we just cut away from it because it doesn't actually matter mechan- <laughs> mechanically speaking. Yeah, they're just it's 
interesting that they're just like standing outside the swirling cloud and they can't see or hear anything that's happening when there's all these like explosions and whatever going on inside the duel. Right. I guess yeah, it is they don't because have the, uh... it's they're actually in another universe. They're in the shadow realm. Right. And they don't have the the sort of friendship powers that they had at the end of season one uh, that let them communicate with Yugi while he was in a shadow duel. Nope. Shadow game. Pardon me. Uh, back inside the shadow game, Merrick, uh, Yami Merrick plays the monster reborn card. And did you notice this? He, he holds the card in such a way. How can I describe this? He, he holds the monster reborn card between his index and middle finger, uh, with the index finger under the middle finger and the card sort of between them. So he's basically flipping Bakura the bird the entire time that he's telling Bakura about what he's going to do. And that's just such a good detail. That I'm really glad the sensor is left in. Um, <laughs> Even holding cards in a way that makes you an asshole. It's so, it's so perfect for Merrick's character. Uh, for Yami Merrick's character, I mean. Uh, and so he plays it and he re-summons the winged dragon of Ra. He's back. He's back, uh, and good Merrick is like, well, okay, it's fine. Winged Dragon of Ra has zero attack. Bad Merrick says, prepare to witness the instant attack. <laughs> and then we get, like, a really gross close-up. Oh, yeah. Like, what, what are they trying to get across here? That he's veiny? This is the same sort of close-up of Merrick that we've seen before, where it's clear that they're trying to make it clear, I think, that he's, like inhabited by this malevolent spirit that's like affecting his face like the 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 body of merrick is just like clothing that this evil spirit is wearing it's clothing that's a size too small yeah he's just a close-up of his face as he laughs horrifying and his like big anime eyes kind of bug out his head his face gets all veiny right and then we get (laughs) I think I need you to go through this. You have better notes on this than I do. <laughs> then Merrick says what he plans to do. Ra is back, and now it's mine once again. First, I will use its power of instant attack. And Bakura's like, what does that mean? <laughs> to which Merrick responds, it means it can attack right away. I think that's I think that's the fifth time that we've got an instant attack explained to the audience. Instant attack. Like, all right, I get that there's a lot of ways that you could interpret those two words, but I feel like together they probably mean one thing. <laughs> instant attack means it can attack instantly. It's not like it's not like instant rice or instant noodles. It's not you know. Oh, well, okay, if you pour boiling water into it and wait three minutes, you got lunch. Listen, instant attack, it does what it says on the tin. (laughs) I don't think it's that big of a mystery. It's it's instant attack. Um, But he's not done monologuing. No, there's there's other bullshit. (laughs) There's more nonsense that Ra can do, apparently, that no one would have ever guessed in a million years because it's not written on the card. Um, Yeah. It has point-to-point transfer. Which is my favorite teleportation mechanic from Star Trek. 
what it means in this duel, though, is that he can transfer his own life points directly to Ra to become Ra's attack points. Yeah. So what you're basically doing is sacrificing your own life to give that amount to, directly to the Winged Dragon of Ra. And so he does that. And America just kind of starts dissolving into these streamers of billowing energy. These big ribbons of cloud as he is dissolved into this, this like purple smoke that all stream around behind him and flow into the winged dragon of Ra. Yeah, and it most of his body disappears. Uh, and he says, he explains that he is giving Ra all but one life point. <laughs> he is keeping so, one life point and you remember this is a shadow duel so the more life you lose the more your body disappears and so right. with one life point left uh he is mostly he says merged with raw uh and he appears on the like hologram of raw just like writing it how to so train your dragon style good uh but while, while he's doing that, his actual body is left literally just like a, fl a quarter of his head with his eye. Yeah. And just the hand holding the cards. Yeah, like not even the dual disc anymore. Like the dual disc is gone. It's just him holding what's left of his hand of cards. Just a disembodied hand holding some cards and his like a quarter of his face floating in midair. It's... I mean, it's incredible, honestly. Like, this shot is so good. Because it's it's not just the, like, okay, here's Winged Dragon of Ra being given all this power back. It's Merrick, sort of, mani Yami Merrick, manifesting, like, this is the the ultimate evil. This is the, the, the length that I will go to achieve power. Dissolving his own body to give that power to this card. Merging with this god card. Is Becoming it... one with god, if you will. Yeah. It's not really merging. He's just sitting on top of the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Merging in quotes. But, uh, yeah, winged dragon of Ra attacks with all of his whatever life points that he gave it. Yeah, so I I briefly caught the number. They they cut past it really quick. It's it nears. I want to say it's like eighty five hundred and change. It's like not quite. His his attack points don't quite get over nine thousand, but they get really close. Yeah, it's like eighty four fifty or something. It's overkill. And it works. All of Bakura's monsters are destroyed, and uh. Merrick is just engulfed in flames as the like dragon power just kind of blasts them away. Yeah. Uh, Merrick, uh, good Merrick, not yummy mm -hmm. Merrick, is just kind of engulfed in these like pink flames. Yeah, the flames change color, which I thought was a really interesting choice. Uh, and so I think he's from... screaming in pain and like writhing around as the dragon attack hits him. Uh, as Batman changed back into, into Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Uh, <laughs> How many episodes and, in, a, in a row are we going to quote the <laughs> ultimate showdown God. Ultimate Destiny? I think, I think we could set a record. I think we could do it. Um, because this duel does have good guys, bad guys, and explosions. 
It does. It does. I just wanted to say I thought it was really interesting that they chose pink for the flames for Merrick because that's kind of been his like motif color throughout mm-hmm. this. Like he was introduced wearing that pink uh, crop top sleeveless number. Um, I think it's really interesting that he's engulfed in pink fire. Do you think that this was something four kids did? I'm wondering if it used to be regular oh, flames in the good... in the original. And then four kids was like, no, we are not going to show this child being sent to hell. Uh, so let's make it pink. That means it's just magic fire. Yeah, I'm looking we, at the Wikia page for this. I'm not seeing anything about that, but honestly, okay. it would not surprise me uh, if that was sort of a minor change. I, I like it stylistically, though. So even if it is like a censorship thing, I'll let it slide because I, I think it's a really cool like way of keeping that color palette with the character. Mm-hmm. So he, meanwhile, Yugi and Taya are just sitting outside having a chat. They have no idea all <laughs> just, this is going on. Yeah, just calmly talking as <laughs> the body of somebody they used to think was a friend is dissolving into nothingness. Yeah. Um, but he's basically talking about how since Merrick is targeting Yugi's friends, this time it's personal. He's got to step up to save the world from evil, etc. You know, destiny stuff. Yeah, you know, the basics. Uh, uh, and it, it, it's a nice chat. It's yeah. fun. But uh, back to the good shit. Yeah. Uh, back, to the, <laughs> back to the actual point of this episode. Back to the actual point of this episode. Merrick is still writhed in flame and is dissolving... Uh, Evil Merrick, Yami Merrick, taunts Bakura that he will enter the darkness. And Bakura says, you you wrote all the lines down here, so you want to Oh, it's so, it's such a good line. Oh. So Yami Merrick says, I can't quite do his voice, but Yami Merrick says, like, get ready to enter the darkness. I can't, see, I, I totally can't. He says, get ready to enter the darkness at the hands of Ra. And Bakura says, don't you realize that I am the darkness. And then Merrick ruins it by saying, what's that supposed to mean? (laughs) And as the like blast bits of Bakura's body are being like burnt away into nothingness. And he's like dissolving as though he is turning to ash. He says, it's quite simple. It means I can't be destroyed. You haven't seen the last of me. And then the last thing to disappear are his eyes into the smoke. As he is like maniacally laughing. He's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And he just slowly dissolves and just ceases to exist. Or does he? Or does he, though? His life points fall to zero. He vanishes. The Millennium Ring falls to the ground. And that would be the end of a normal episode <laughs> that would be a that good end be, to an episode but there's that would more. Be a great end but there's more so yugi decides that now finally after 20 minutes of wondering whether to go into the shadow cloud uh after, he decides that now is the time after his uh his lunch break sitting outside the shadow duel having a smoke uh, i guess i'll walk <laughs> into this uh duel now <laughs> i guess i'll do my job <laughs> Uh, he, he, he walks, uh, towards the shadow cloud at the exact moment that good Merrick's voice, uh, speaks sort of telepathically to Taya. 
uh, telling her that uh, she is his only hope, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, and uh, that a part of him, a part of good Merrick, is still within Taya because of the interaction they had at the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season? Middle of the season? Anyway. A while back. A while he back. took a bit of his soul and put it into Taya. Right. Uh, and so we cut away from that, not really fully understanding what that means, to Merrick, uh, Yami Merrick, picking up the Millennium Ring and taking it because he wanted it in a duel, so it's his now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yugi appears inside the, the Shadow Arena and he confronts Merrick asking what he did with Bakura. And Merrick has, a, has a, a good line here where he says, you tell me where one goes after losing a shadow game. Yeah. You're the guy who's always challenging people to shadow games. You tell me. I feel like that's really, if anything, that is really a reference to season zero. Cause like Yugi knows about shadow games. Sure. In this, in this iteration of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. But he's he hasn't challenged anyone to a shadow game, right? Not really. Besides um, the first episode against Kaipa, and all that happened there was I, he didn't send him to the shadow realm; just like ripped a bit of his soul off and turned him into a clown. Yeah, like that wasn't really a shadow game, and I don't think he really no. knew what he was doing. Not in the same sense as season zero, right? And I, I, this line really implies like. You know what's up with this shit. Like you know more than you're letting on, which I really enjoy. Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good callback, and it's a good to like roast Yugi a little bit for using all this like shadow all these shadow games to like punish people, and now he's like supposed to be mad that Bakura is in the shadow realm. It's like that's what happens, right? You're you're complicit in this by, by yeah. having any shadow power whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut away from that. Uh, Ishizu is asleep in her blimp quarters, and she has a vision of her brother wreathed in pink flame. Uh, Merrick is Gee, just I like what that means. A burning in the the pink flame, um, and suddenly he calls out for help. And suddenly she gets a knock at the door, and standing in the doorway is Yami Teya. Yami Teya. Finally, we see uh, another instance of an, an, <laughs> a, a not so evil spirit. I was about to say an evil spirit, but a a spirit of questionable intent. <laughs> Obnoxious spirit. Yeah, there you at go. At this point, Merrick uh, is just like a whiny spirit. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, be gone, ye whiny spirits. Uh, and uh, and Taya says with Merrick's sort of distorted voice uh, that he needs Ishizu's help. Hey, it's me, your brother. I borrowed this girl's body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this? This is a rental. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and you know, Ishizu looks appropriately surprised. It still has that new body smell. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we cut away from that and we cut to the inside of the Millennium Puzzle. You know, that, that sort of M.C. Escher uh, inside of a pyramid sort of painting with all the stairs going every which way. The stone labyrinth. It's just 
all these stairs and weird op- openings and doorways. And in the shadow underneath an upside down staircase crouches Bakura. Bakura is in there. I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I flipped out when this happened. I completely forgot he was in there. I absolutely forgot that this was ever even a plot beat. And we get a flashback to it in the episode. Do you remember what episode this even was? It was like like, mid to late season one. And we haven't looked at or thought about it in a long time. It was either... I don't know that it was late. I think it might have been episode one of this season. Was it? Because because I think it was when... I think it was when... Oh, was it mentally season one? I I was thinking it was after uh, the duel with mind-controlled bandit Keith. And then doesn't the Millennium Puzzle like fall to pieces at some point at some point it does and bakura this is why i thought it was season one because Bakura's in his school uniform well but bakura also follows uh yugi to that warehouse oh that's true at the start of season two but i don't remember if that's when the puzzle falls apart at some point bakura got a piece of the millennium puzzle and just went whoop and stuck a bit of his soul in there as you do yeah yeah so he he uses the the power of the millennium ring the spirit of the millennium ring uses the power of the millennium ring to store a bit of the spirit of the millennium ring in the millennium puzzle thus making it the spirit of the millennium rings spirit of the millennium puzzle sure spirit (laughs) spirit of the millennium ring featuring (laughs) yami bakura uh anyway he's, so he's he horcruxed it he horcruxed it so a bit of his soul is in the millennium puzzle and he hopes that now that he's in there uh he can spend his time just unlocking the secrets of the pharaoh and see if he can get a hold of some of that sweet sweet pharaoh power which i don't know why he hasn't been doing that this whole time anyway but like maybe he needed the rest of his spirit to like come join him or something when you're a disembodied spirit you can only focus on one bit of soul at a time you got your yeah, hands full yeah, with soul bits i guess i mean personally speaking i can barely keep track of my one like soul <laughs> bit so I can barely keep track of your one body without splitting it up among different bits of metal i can't imagine uh <laughs> Then we cut to, uh, back to the blimp, back to the real world. Uh, Yami Merrick appears at Odeon's doorway in the blimp. Yeah, Merrick and... just kind of walked away from the duel, I guess. And Yugi just yeah, he... let him. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. He's just like, I don't know, Yugi, what happens in a shadow game? And then just well, bye. leaves. I'm going to go down the elevator. And, See and Yugi just lets him, I guess. <laughs> and Taya just lets him, I guess. Uh, or Taya, Taya is left by this point, I suppose. Um, and he he uh, pulls out the Millennium Rod and he goes, now I, I've come to finish the job I should have done many years ago. Yeah, he shows and up to kill is... Odeon for like the third time. 
<laughs> and this is where you can really tell that four kids did some censorship because I'm positive that this is where we were supposed to see the Millennium Knife. Oh yeah, it's very obvious because he like does this movement that you would do when you're like separating two pieces of like a sword cane, right. but it's just him like moving it further upwards in his hand. And it's like not as well animated. It's like not just as well the animated. just the handle of the Millennium Rod is not as well animated. Yeah, and then we get a wide shot of him holding it, and the Millennium Rod is like half the size, half the length it usually is. It was very right. clearly just it used to be a blade that they covered up. So, all right, I guess, I guess that's fair. Uh, and uh, uh, he he goes over to the bed, and Odeon isn't there. Gasp. Gasp, shock, amaze. Who could have possibly uh, done this? <laughs> and uh, uh, he figures that it was Ishizu uh, who must know uh, about his, his evil plan now. I mean, he is right, but it's also funny that his first thought wasn't immediately, oh, Odeon must have gotten up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or like something, like anything else, right? It's a diabolical plot. I mean, he is right, though. He's right, though. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I just, I realized I was on the wrong Wikia page earlier, and we're going to circle back to that in a minute. Ah. Um, but he was, anyway, so he was right. Odeon's gone. We cut back to the Kaiba bros. It's a me, Seto. <laughs> uh, and, um... Kaiba is learning that secret abilities were added to the Winged Dragon of Ra when the card was created. I Whatever would, the fuck that means. Now I'm picturing Mokuba's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Mokuba running around uh, Kaiba Corp with a vacuum cleaner fighting uh, God, Millennium so Ghosts. Good. I am like halfway through Luigi's Mansion 3 right now, and I am determined to finish it before the next Paper Mario game comes out. Oh, because yeah. I am so excited for the Paper Mario game. <sighs> I have the um, original uh, Luigi's Mansion that I just got uh, at the last mm. Portland Retro Gaming area. Uh, nice. And I've been, I'm like most of the way through it, but I waited to finish it until I had my uh, CRT back so I can. Oh yeah, play That's it on fair. the GameCube in the way it was originally intended. That it is a series of games that I, I feel like I feel like everyone can agree that the Luigi's Mansion. Sorry, this is a tangent. I feel like everyone can like universally agree that the Luigi's Mansion games are really good. But I feel like if you just were to tell somebody that like wasn't in the gaming world quote unquote that like wasn't a, a hashtag gamer oh have you played that luigi game they would be like the fuck are you talking about luigi game there are no luigi games it's mario <laughs> right well it's it's, just, it's such a weird it's it's a it's a fun concept but it's just so out there it's not what you would immediately think of happening to luigi true true very true I have to admit, like, the first one that I'm playing does feel very much like more of a tech demo for the GameCube than, like, a full game. Yeah. Anyway. That's, I mean, that's fair. A lot of, I feel like a lot of things felt like a tech demo for the GameCube, though. Yeah. Just the GameCube being what the GameCube was. 
anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we're here to talk about Kaiba. We're here to talk about Kaiba, who's learning that secret abilities were added to Ling Dragon of Ra, and then just not written down, I guess. I don't know how this works. So how does he learn that they exist? <sighs> who knows? Who 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 knows? Who knows? Uh, he, he decides, though, that he is determined to ascertain the Winged Dragon of Ra and reclaim his spot as the world's greatest duelist. Yep. He starts whining about how he is all mad and how he needs the, the card so he can prove he's the greatest duelist. And he's monologuing so loud that Mokuba wakes up and tells him to go to bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mokuba pulls a, uh, a go, to, go the fuck to sleep, please. <laughs> Uh, and he, he's, uh, Kaiba says that, uh, he can't sleep because the blimp is on course to, are you ready for this? The blimp is on course to Kaiba Corp Island where the final duel will take place. Does every giant corporation in this world have their own like secret Island headquarters? When you're in the duel monsters and you got a lot of money, the first thing you do is buy an Island. <laughs> Now we get some really weird info dump. Yeah. It's we have three minutes we have three minutes to go till the end of the episode, so we're gonna get a whole lot of deep Kaiba lore. Yeah. Do you where do you want to start with this? Where can you start with it? I mean I can tell you I can tell you what Kaiba says. Let's talk about what Kaiba says. Okay, so I, I wrote it down. Kaiba says, uh, okay, the blimp is on course to Kaibokorp City, or Kaibokorp Island, rather, uh, where the final duel will take place. And then he says, at the very site where our stepfather was last seen after I took over the corporation and left him with nothing. The tower I built, symbolizing the new era of Kaibokorp, still stands as a symbol of my power. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Up. Just back up there so, a little Two bit. things. <laughs> so that's two things. But then he continues. He says, and I, I didn't write this down as accurately, so I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, roughly, I'm ready to return to the land where our stepfather made his billions. Now that I have my full power, I'm ready to show the world that I'm the most powerful person on earth. He literally says, soon he will prove no one on earth is superior to him. <laughs> Number one, Jesus so Christ, Kaiba, please get some therapy. Right. Yeah. Number one, there may be some healthier outlets for this. So then also, okay, I want to I wanna address the stepfather. <laughs> the stepfather in the room. Uh, Kaiba's stepfather, who has a name that I don't know that we've heard uh, yet. We see uh, him, though. There's a sh- we see him. We see him like in the clouds as just like one of those like not he's not like physically there, but like the picture of him with Kaiba Corp Tower in silhouette. He looks kind right. of like uh, Giovanni. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, he's basically just Giovanni from Pokemon. Uh, and so, OK, so, so this was the island that his, I'm, I'm guessing his stepfather bought. Mm hmm. And Kaiba also says this is the land where his stepfather made his billions. So this is not just an island. This island was the the place where Kaiba Sr. became wealthy. Mm-hmm. 
became so, a billionaire. Is it a country? <laughs> is it is it a different continent? Is it yeah? Is this like some sea land area that is legally distinct from all outside jurisdiction? Or or is it going to be revealed that the Kaibas bought Australia <laughs> at some point? Like, Kaiba Australia. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Trikey. Uh, so, okay, so he made his billions there somehow. Mm-hmm. How is not really clear. In the manga, it was theme parks, right? I think so. It's been a he, while he since like a... I read all of that. But, yeah, they seem to, like... The whole point of getting all these like holograms and shit was to make more entertainment for the theme park, ostensibly. Right. So it's like, what if Walt Disney was shitty, er, <laughs> and like his stepchild used that technology to then go off and start a not entirely dissimilar media empire around a game. <laughs> yes. What if uh, what if Disneyland was a legal a legally distinct uh pseudo nation? Right. Uh that's entirely created by this like one corporation and ruled by it. Right. This, and then the this second... micro nation state. Right. And then the second thing that I want to address here is so, okay, so Kaiba took over the company. I want to say in season zero, it's implied that he killed his stepfather. It's where his, did he leave? Did he though? Because it's where his, he was last seen after he took over the corporation and left him with nothing. Yeah. So I think in, I think in this series, at least Kaiba senior is probably still alive, but penniless. Right. And then Kaiba built a tower. On that site, he built his own tower after taking over the company. Just to... But then he then he left. So it was it was what, just to like rub it in his face? Like ha, I've got a tower, you don't. Ha ha ha. Yes. But then then he says, and this is the part I, I can't quite figure out. Then he says, I'm finally ready to return. And he says it in a way where he's like, I have I have regained my honor. Mm-hmm. Did he lose his honor at some point? I th- I think it's because he inherited all his money by taking over the company. And now uh-huh. that he's gone out into the world... And made all this, like, dual monsters stuff. And, like, not only did he make all these holograms, he put together, like, the whole system where he can make the dual discs and then run an entire, like, worldwide competition. And now the winners are coming back to hold the finals on the side of this island, proving that Kaiba did all this by himself. Instead of just taking it from his dad. Right, right, okay. And I forgot, of course, I forgot about the part where Kaiba did actually lose his honor when he lost to Yugi and had the clown ripped from his soul and et cetera, et cetera. That whole plot line, I think, is resolved. Yeah. Kaiba doesn't feel bad about that in particular anymore. 
So now it's about sticking it to his old man. Now he's going to stick it to his old man. He's going to defeat Yugi on the site where he stuck it to his old man. So he sticks it to two guys at once and show (laughs) the world that he's the best. Kaiba has some major issues. Kaiba has Kaiba has some really Kaiba is going to be the subject of somebody's very insightful doctoral thesis <laughs> at some point. But that's where the episode ends. Yeah, then just That's the end of the season. The blimp flies off into the clouds and that's the that's season 2 of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh so Jimmy before we get into our best and worst, I do want to address this real quick. Based on this cliffhanger, what do you think episode one of season three is going to include? Logically, it would be the finals. Sure, sure. So what? That would be, that would be I guess, Yugi and... Uh, you would, have- would that be Yugi, Joey, Kaiba, and Merrick? I think so. I think those are the only four remaining. I would Something expect like them that. to show up at this island, get everything ready, and then mm-hmm. start to duel. And I probably it would probably start with uh, Yugi versus Joey. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for you. That does not happen. <laughs> I have heard warnings of season three. How? It does not happen for approximately one season. <laughs> if you go onto the Wikia and you look at the dual records for any of the major characters in the show, you will see two listings under Battle City. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, oh, pardon me. You'll see you'll see like two and a half listings under Battle City. There is a Battle City V two that we get into in GX, I think. But uh, we do not finish Battle City. Despite season For two being named Battle City, we don't actually get to see the end of Battle City. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a minute. <laughs> so, buckle up, because season three gets rowdy. So, you've seen season three before, yeah? I have not, actually. Oh, so, so, we're both so going into the- this blind. Yeah, so season three, I feel like I've seen episodes from uh, back when it was airing, but I didn't see them in order. The reason I know spoilers for season three is because I played that fucking terrible Switch Yu-Gi-Oh game that I do not recommend that skips straight past basically everything we've just watched and goes straight to uh, the first like five episodes of season three. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Here are these characters that I'm supposed to know. Great. Oh, that's happening? Weird. <laughs> um, and then I stopped playing the game because it actually wasn't that good. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So that's I, I, know, I know those spoilers, but otherwise I'm going in basically blind. All right. Well, uh, prepare for Jimmy. not Battle City, I guess. <laughs> I guess. What was the best part of this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! for you? Uh, We are both in agreement, looking at our notes here, that the best of this episode was how good the animation was. So good! It looked like a completely different show. I put this in my notes, and I stand by it. The animation was tasty. (laughs) 
It was tasty. Uh, it was delicious. It was... I, I could watch this episode multiple times happily. I kind of want to do that myself. I think... I mean, maybe maybe this is something we'll have to do because we also... We're we're gonna do an episode next week. That's that's the end of the monster bracket, mm-hmm. and I think that is when we should also come back and do maybe our best and worst for the season too. Sure, we've we've written them down. I know I know what mine is, and I feel like you know what yours are. But maybe we should come back and revisit this with a little bit of like distance, and we should rewatch the subbed version of this episode in Japanese. With English subs? In Japanese. If I can find it somewhere. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll, let's make that our goal. Because this episode I could very happily watch again and talk about again. Um, at least the animation aspect. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything that we haven't already said about it. Yeah, it was amazing animation it looked like a completely different show uh it looked like a much better show (laughs) yeah it was all the i don't know who worked on this episode as opposed to the other episodes but they did a good job they did an amazing job i would love to and maybe i just haven't like done the right searches or something but i would love to see more interviews with the folks that worked on this show an oral history of the making of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, like you've seen some, you know, some interviews with uh, Kazuki Takahashi, but like really getting into who was working on what episode, I think would be really, really interesting. You could say that about a lot of shows, but I'm definitely interested in what went on behind the scenes of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Like this. Uh, how about the worst for this episode? The worst of this episode. Uh, two things. Not only do we end the season on this cliffhanger... We don't even get to see the finals of Battle City, which is the name of the season. <laughs> right. They just right. <laughs> they just shoehorn all this Kaiba backstory in the last three minutes to set us up for the next season. No, don't don't do that. No. Yeah, it it it, it. it's a lot, and it's like, well, I hope I remember all this when we start watching the next season. Right, and that's the thing that I, I I don't really know. I mean, because we have the the distance of time from when the show first aired, right? I don't know if the break between seasons was a week or a month. I guess I can, I might be able to look it up. Let's see. Look up the um, dates. Season two. Um, oh, I'm on the wikia. Let's see. The original air date. Oh, I do know this. Look at that. Thanks, Internet. So in the States, this was November 1st, 2003. And then uh, 98, uh, episode 98 total uh, is... What? November 1st, 2003. So, the interesting. So, this episode aired in the States on the same day as the next episode. What? Well, I guess that's one way to do it. Instead of just having a couple seasons, let's just have one big season. That yeah. That rolls okay, smoothly that, from one to another. 
That makes me feel a lot better, actually. And, and in Japan, it wasn't that different either. So the first episode aired, this episode aired March 5th, 2002 in Japan. And then March 12th, 2002 was the very next episode. So the first episode of season three. Huh. Huh. So that makes me feel better about it. But otherwise, I do agree with you. It feels very shitty to be like, here's all this buildup for Battle City. Yeah, Battle City. Let's get to those finals. And then Eventually, you know. just not do it for a year or whatever. Right. Is that why they make so many episodes is so they can just have this show going constantly? I I mean, I think, like, that's a very anime thing to do, right? Like, you think of other shows like Naruto. Naruto has a million episodes. Well, Naruto, and... how about One Piece? It's been going One on Piece, for yeah. however long it's been going on for. I want to say right. over a decade. Two decades. Yeah, and, and like not all those episodes are going to be important, you know? Like, how could they be? You just have to keep churning out anime. Yep, just keep making it. One, The first episode of One Piece came out October 20th, 1999. Jesus And they're Christ. still making it. What the fuck? It has more than 900 episodes. Wow. wow. How on earth would anyone be able to watch all of it see i don't think you can i've wondered this about a few pieces of like media in general right now i've I've wondered this about because like lauren and i always have this conversation after we finish a show we're like oh what should we watch oh well we really wanted to watch that show oh we really wanted to get into that show oh we should really finish watching i don't know supernatural as like an example right Mm -hmm. oh but it's been so long since we watched supernatural do we really need to watch like all 10 seasons again just to catch up on the last three it's just so much time that you have to put into stuff now and i only have so many hours in the day yeah well a lot it's the same thing in video games people are wanting to play shorter games because they just simply don't have the time for these like 300 hour long epic quests in these like open world right. things. Like, no, let, give me something that I can play in a couple days and be done with. And I recognize but, that I am saying that an hour and 45 minutes into a recording <laughs> about Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, eh, pot kettle. But yeah, if you wanted to watch One Piece, and I've heard nothing but good things about it, you would have to set yeah. aside like a year of your life to watch three episodes a day if it's at 900 episodes. I saw somewhere uh, a similar thing for... Are you familiar with Critical Role? Of course I am, Tyler. You know me. I haven't (laughs) listened to it a whole lot. I'm aware of it. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I'm aware of it, but I haven't fucking watched it because I start a, a video or a podcast episode and it's like four hours long and like similar to what we're saying here about Yu-Gi-Oh! or about One Piece, not all of that four hours is going to be important. I kind of want just like a good parts version, honestly. <laughs> cut it, cut it uh, down. Somebody, somebody did the math, and I think if you were to watch the entirety of Critical Role, it would be just like season one. It would be longer than. Uh, I forget what they were saying. It was certainly longer than watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. It uh, I, I was it was longer than oh that's what it was, the the total runtime of Critical Role season one is longer than the entire runtime 
of The Simpsons. No, what? All The Simpsons? Think about it. The Simpsons made 20-minute episodes. Damn. Over many years, to be sure, it was what? Uh, From the early 90s? Late yeah, 80s? so like, you know, for, for a, lo- a long time. I didn't watch The Simpsons either, but I know that it went on for a long time. Uh, so, so you know, a lot of short episodes versus uh, still a lot of very long episodes. <laughs> uh, but uh, your quality may vary, though, because of that, because of that length, mm-hmm. as our podcast demonstrates on a regular basis. Um, my worst, though... Yes, and back I, to I the wanna, actual I want to keep moving along. So so Lauren is joining us in the studio with some tea. Thank you. Uh, my worst is we need to talk briefly about this fucking winged dragon of raw fiasco. <laughs> what the actual fuck is happening with that card? Because what we learn in this episode is that Yes, there is text that you can only read if you have some sort of mystical connection to ancient Egypt, right? The text that you can't read unless you're also actually playing it in the game somehow. Right, yes. Oh, yes, sorry. So first, the first sort of level of disambiguation there is that the text does not appear unless you play it in the game. The second level is, is you can only read that text if you have a mystical connection to ancient Egypt. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, is the text says, oh, yeah, Winged Dragon of Ra has this, like, one extra move and then a bunch of other moves that we're not going to bother to write down. If you have this card, you're trying to figure out what this card can do? Too bad. Joke's on you, bud. Drink more Ovaltine. (laughs) Like, are we at the point now where we can just say words and call it one of Winged Dragon of Ra's special abilities? Yeah, who's going to tell you you can't? I call upon the power of fuck you, one of Winged Dragon of Raw's special abilities. Uh, I play Winged Dragon of Raw and instantly win the game. Oh, we're back to Jimmy Wins rules. <laughs> we are back to Jimmy Wins rules. It's there on the card. You can't see it. Uh, that's uh, heart of the dot cards slash Jimmy Wins or heart of the dot cards slash Jimmy Wins 2, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think I wrote two of those. Uh, yeah. How on earth would anyone actually know how to play Winged Dragon of Ra? I, there is no the way thing. of knowing. And not only that, but there were copies made of Winged Dragon of Ra. So somebody had to know all the, all the special abilities, right? Because they had to give the special abilities to the copies. Presumably Pegasus. Now Kaiba did say that the special abilities were added when the card was created. Mm. So presumably, yeah, Pegasus would know because Pegasus created the card. Well, this just raises further questions. When you make the cards, is that Mm. affecting the actual monster behind the cards? When you write, when you scribble stuff down on the winged dragon of raw card, are you changing this Egyptian God to suit your whims? Ooh, see what we know of the Egyptian gods. I would say it's maybe the opposite. Because we know that the portrait of the Egyptian god was enough to allow it to come into being in the real world, in, in Domino City. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we had that whole thing with Slifer the Sky Dragon wrapping around the building, and it was really cool. 
So would it be you try to write rules for the Egyptian god card? But and the Egyptian god goes, eh, fuck that. I want to be more powerful. <laughs> you you think that Pegasus was inspired by Ra to change it in such a way to like loosen the binds on this card? Inspired Let, or forced, who knows? The game and the show are certainly not going to tell you. <laughs> no. Lauren, welcome to our uh, Egyptian god card talk. Oh, dear. <laughs> welcome to Egyptian god talk. I'm Roman Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that show. Maybe As someone who has arguably, within this conversation, been the closest to ancient Egypt, ancient yeah. Egyptian artifacts, potentially magical, who knows? That is exactly how they work. Can Good you... to know. Would would you, with your current abilities, mm-hmm. ever conceive of potentially, I don't know, creating a card game based on the magical Egyptian artifacts that you've worked with? Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Is that would you would you recommend that to people? Is that a safe thing to do? I would. You would. Yes. Good. Good. Wholeheartedly. No, no repercussions. No. Wonderful. Well, there, there we have it. Science. I want to make it clear. I haven't actually worked with ancient Egyptian materials. I've handled them and I've been sure. close to them at, at this point, but I've not worked on them directly. So, no curses. <laughs> you haven't been Fingers close enough to be way. affected by the mystical power slumbering within. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Time we'll see. will tell. We'll see. But your coworkers, though, got to watch out for them. Yeah, Oof. you really do. See, so check them. Make sure they're not starting any cults. Right, got to check everyone's basement. <laughs> uh, and listen for chanting. Let's go ahead and uh, move forward a little bit. Let's put this episode, uh, I, I guess, kind of lumped in together with the last episode. Let's put it on our graph of story relevance and card game mechanics. Uh, story-wise, so, I think a lot yep. happened. Yep. We sent two characters straight to hell. Uh, we took... Do not pass go, do not collect $200 straight to hell. Uh, both of them split their souls off and put them in other people. Um, yep. Let's see. We got so much information about Kaiba in the last two minutes. Uh, we got some information about Ra in the last 20 minutes, yeah. kind of. Uh, in terms of story, this one went all out not quite all i would out. say it's at least a four i'd say though oh see i was gonna say this is a five would you yeah I, I was gonna say this is this is a five like nearing a six for me i know our scale is negative five to five but like this is if you're going to like only watch the most relevant story episodes this is one that you have to watch before moving on to season three you know what? i would agree with that so we'll say a we'll say a five. Say a five. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Card game mechanics. Ooh, that's <laughs> kind of a tough one because as much as it like binds these cards to like actual mechanics that they have to do, th- then they we get to raw and the wing dragon of raw is just do whatever the hell you want. Apparently. Yeah. 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 Wing dragon of raw is like eh, eh, fuck the rules maybe. <laughs> There are no rules that can bind the Egyptian god cards, except the other two. <laughs> I do what I want. I roll with ten gangs. 
Uh, how how would we place this? I'm I'm leaning full negative five. Just because of raw. For, just because of raw. For the listeners, if, if we're talking uh, uh, card mechanics, this is sort of the X in our our XY graph. Negative five is absolute bullshit. Five is this is actually how dual monsters and the game of Yu-Gi-Oh works. Yeah. What did we put for stabbing the moon? Because at least when stabbing the moon, the moon was like there on the field and the guy with the sword was there on the field. When it comes to ring dragon of of Ra, there is nothing in the rules whatsoever that describes what Ra is doing. I mean, there's nothing in the rules saying that a dog can't play basketball. (laughs) Um... To be fair, there's nothing in the rules of the real world that says what Ra can and can't do as well. This is true. This is very true. Uh, <laughs> to play um, Anubis's advocate. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to look up that episode. That was Attack from the Deep, Season 1, Episode 7. Uh, we put uh, minus 5. <laughs> Well, that was a minus five episode for card mechanics, which I think was deserved. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go ahead and look up what ring winged dragon of rock can actually do. Okay. <clears throat> the winged dragon of raw monster type divine beast attack question mark defense question mark level 10. Card text is, it cannot be special summoned, re- requires three tributes to normal summon. The card's normal summon cannot be negated. This guy is coming out whether you want to or not. Uh, when right. normal summoned, other cards and effects cannot be activated. When this card is normal summoned, you can pay life points so that you only have 100 left. Unlike Merrick, who had one life point left. Uh-huh. This card game's attack and defense equal to the amount of LP paid. You can pay a thousand LP, then target one monster on the field, destroy that target. So that's four points where the actual winged dragon of raw card does not behave the same in the show and the television series because when it's summoned, he plays a uh, 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 joyful doom mm-hmm. to reduce his attack power to zero. The attack power is not the amount of life points that Bakura pays. It is the amount of attack points that the sacrificed monsters have. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, 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 Yami Merrick resummons it, he pays down to one of his life points to give it attack power and doesn't pay any life points to have it attack. No. It, this is a completely different card than what we've seen in the show. Also, Absolutely all this text card. is in English. This isn't an ancient <laughs> cult Egyptian. Not once does it say instant attack. Not once does it say instant attack or point-to-point transfer. Or point-to-point transfer. Also, I can clearly read this, and I we are not playing a game right now. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's true. And you, so far as we know, have no mystical connections to ancient as Egypt. As far as I so. know. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Yes. Minus five. Minus five. This is a top lefter. This is as far top left as we can possibly go on the graph. Uh, so if you are looking for very important episodes plot wise that do fuck all to keep up with the card game mechanics, this is the episode for you. 
Yep. Uh, at this point, Jimmy, I do want to call an audible. We wrote down our season best and worst because I know that we had been texting about that. I love the idea of doing that. Do we want to save that for next week's episode? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's then move into the next part of the show, the part that we have actually brought Lauren in here for, not not just because of her knowledge of uh, uh, ancient Egyptian uh, artifacts, but... Which, to be fair, is tenuous at best. I well, can talk about the material chemistry of them, but not the significance. You're more of an expert than, say, Jimmy and myself, whose main point of reference is a children's <laughs> show. Lauren... <laughs> If you wanted ink to appear only when you use it in a card game, how would you go about doing that? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Magic. I don't know if that is chemically possible within the rules of the natural world as we know of them. So So you're telling me this card game anime is fake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> magnetic ink like a like an e-reader and you have to have a card game password oh okay oh, so like go. so you're oh oh nfc in the card uh-huh. and it goes onto an e-reader screen and there's magnetic ink that's activated by that simple nfc easiest pie you, you know use... technology is just magic under a different name I think that was in the Thor movie. Uh, <laughs> so science, Lauren, we have brought you on to play a little game that yeah, I like to call. Yeah, why am I here again? <laughs> Just gonna ramble about ink. To play a little Magic game that ink. I like to call Yu-Gi-Oh! Don't get me wrong. Yu-Gi-Oh! I'll keep talking about it. Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not. Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not is a game in which we give you a list of things that sound like Yu-Gi-Oh cards you know, or are Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Now I'm stuck on magic ink. Um, magical tattoos are like my whole wheelhouse. Uh, a peek behind the curtain. I'm fairly heavily tattooed. And the whole reason I think behind getting them is that I just want magic tattoos to be real. Like, I've done several D&D characters where they're sorcerers, <laughs> but all of their spells are like magic tattoos. Oh, yeah. And there's like a whole like red wizard. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that is very definitely your... <laughs> and now we started talking about magical ink. You want to and be... I'm just so sad that it's not real. You want to be, to bring a reference to the show that you will not understand, mm-hmm. like Merrick in a way. Yes. But not have an evil spirit possess your body when you get tattoos. <laughs> Well, I mean, debatable. I would appreciate it if you did not have an evil yeah, spirit. Yeah, don't rule that out. <laughs> I, I would statement. very much like for your tattoos to not allow an evil spirit to possess your body. I'm just going to say that selfishly. Maybe I'm the evil spirit Whoa. possessing the tattoos in my um, on my body. You're Yami Lauren. <laughs> okay, I take it back. It's not that bad. Kylo Yami. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> The phrase uh, ferrofluid tattoo just popped into my head. And then I thought, hey, that's cool. Uh, and then my second thought that's was, fucking awesome. that would poison you very quickly. Yeah, that's very <laughs> no, bad. No, no. Don't do that. No, Jimmy. No, that's spell very it, bad. Spell it ferrofluid P-H-A-R. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> that's how the, the, the ink works. It's ferrofluid. It's ferrofluid. We solved it. We cracked it. 
We did it, everybody. Wow. Podcast over. It inks that, it's ink that only reacts to the being near the pharaoh. There it is. There it is. We did it. I'm proud of us. This is a good episode. Uh, this week on Yugi or Not, Lauren, we are going to give you a list of three things that are Yu-Gi-Oh cards and three <laughs> things that are actually DVD chapter titles from Sky Captain and oh, the World of Tomorrow. Excellent. So, Tyler, did you write this one? I did. This is a little tiny quiz of the lockdown throwback. Yep. Because that used to be one of the segments. So, uh, you, you can go on YouTube and actually rewatch these. Uh, comedian Jimmy Carr did a daily pub quiz on Yu Gi Oh! Uh, on Yu Gi Oh! on YouTube. The other word that starts with you. Uh, he did a, a daily pub quiz. Little, little tiny quiz. The lock. Pardon me. Who? Little tiny quiz of the lockdown. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. I miss it so much. No, me too. Uh, and it's sort of a small version of the other show that he hosts called um, Big Fat Quiz of the Year, which is done yearly. Uh, one of the questions that I really enjoyed that Lauren did not enjoy so much is that he will list three DVD chapter titles and you have to guess the movie. No, I was better at that than some of the other film related questions. Oh, the other I'm thinking of um, the other one that was film related was the credits. He would list three parts from a movie. Yeah, that one was tough. One I don't was, know why. That one was rough. I get themes better than characters, I guess. Anyway, so this week I have found three DVD chapter titles that sound like Yu-Gi-Oh cards <laughs> And they all happen to be from the hit science <laughs> science fiction masterpiece, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, starring Jude Law and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow? Am I remembering that correctly? Probably. It's been years since I watched Sky Captain. I haven't seen it. Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, famously filmed in less than a week, entirely on a green screen. Really? Oh. Uh, it was kind of the first film that like popularized, eh, let's just film the whole fucking thing on a green screen. Uh, and it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, so are you ready to play Yugi or not? Let's do it. All right. Card number one, Sekka's Light. Seka, S-E-K-K-A, apostrophe S, light. Card number two, giant robots attack. <laughs> giant robots attack. Card number three, dream mirror phantasms. Dream mirror phantasms. Card number four, the flying fortress. Card number six, or card number five, pardon me, wheel of prophecy. And card number six, lens cap. That's lens cap. Lauren, what's your what's your thought process here as you look through these six cards? Well, I don't really have a frame of reference for either, right? Because I haven't seen Yu-Gi-Oh! and I haven't seen this movie. Right. Um, so I don't know how I'm meant to go about this except like, I, I guess if it sounds like it should be in a film. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Um... I think Giant Robots Attack is the film because I feel like the Yu-Gi-Oh card would call it Giant Robot Attack. Mm, okay. It's, okay. The Oh, the trackpad doesn't work. Sorry, you got to use the mouse. It's pedantic, I know, but I have nothing okay. to go on. No, so. that's that's fair. That's fair. I like, I like hearing the thought process here. So you're saying Giant Robots Attack is 
from the DVD chapter title for Sky Captain the World is Tomorrow starring Jude Law. Yeah. Why do you keep saying starring Jude Law <laughs> after it every time? I feel like it's important. <laughs> you gotta give credit where credit's due. It's a Jude Law uh, kind of movie. Dream Mirror Phantasms. I really want that to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card because I want to see the card art. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Wheel of Prophecy, I think you threw in here as a as a like a red herring because it's very close to a tarot card. Mm, okay. So you think that's neither? <laughs> I don't know. No, no. I mean, I think you threw it in there to confuse me, to throw me off the scent, but I don't know which way. Ah, I see. I see. I like that. how clever you think I am. The mind games <laughs> at work. <laughs> the mind games of Yugi are not. Um... I think Flying Fortress sounds like it would be part of that movie, but then does that mean that you put it in there as a Yu-Gi-Oh card? Because it sounds like it would be part of that movie. But I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Um, Sekka's Light is nonsense, so it's going to be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. All right. Wheel of Prophecy, I'll say Yu-Gi-Oh card. Uh, yeah, I'll say you did that on purpose. Uh, and then Lens Cap, I guess, is part of the DVD. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I could see it being like some evil lens cap, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, a really funny yeah. image, but eh, it's fine. Okay. That does make it it alternate, which you know how I feel about that. I do know how I you feel, feel like about it's that. too convenient of a pattern. It's too scantron yeah, but maybe you did that on purpose because sometimes you did get that teacher who would make them all C's just to see if they could fuck with you, I guess. Mm-hmm. I once had, uh, I took a biology course in community college. Uh, and I talk about it because the professor was so strange. Uh, he was a turtle biologist. You talk about this like easily once once a month it stuck with me and it was just such a strange thing because he would shoehorn turtles into every everything everything that we did had an element of turtles to it much like you shoehorn this turtle biologist taught (laughs) biology class yes okay yes the final (laughs) that we got for that class had a bunch of multiple choice questions and the answer to all of them was turtle including the multiple choice question that was at the end of the final, which had uh, options, you know, A, B, C, D, and then option E was a other fill in the blank. And the correct answer was option E, and you write in turtle. God. That's how into turtles that's this guy was. a teacher that's just given up. Yep, yep, basically. I, I have like a turtles. feeling that he... I have a feeling that he had been fired from his job doing turtley things and really hadn't gotten over it yet. Um, but I, I hope he's doing well. Did so, you ever have that asshole teacher who was like, oh, read all the instructions, read all the instructions like all year long. And then the final for the class was like, it was like really complex and like stuff you hadn't covered. But then the last question was turn this in without writing on it. I did have to, that like, teacher. To, like put really push that point home i did have that teacher but i promised that i'd stop talking about my mom on this podcast uh let's talk about how you did you have to yes we do you said card number one seka's light was a Yu-Gi-Oh card it is a Yu-Gi-Oh card ding 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 
Giant Robots Attack, card number two, you said was a DVD chapter title from Sky Cap in the World of Tomorrow starring Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. And it is. Whoa. It's a DVD chapter title. Neat. Dream Mirror Phantasms, you said, was a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and it is. Oh, good. good I want to see that. Flying Fortress was a DVD chapter title. Yes, it was indeed. <laughs> Wheel of Prophecy is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, my God. And finally, Lens Cap is, wow. as you said, a DVD chapter title. Lauren, this was a six for six perfect wow. game Bam. of Yugi or Holy not. Holy shit. How many of those have I done? Three? Four, I think. You think? I don't remember. I can't tell Somebody if that means that me I'm know. getting better or worse at this. <laughs> um, but Jimmy has also sent us a picture yes, of Dream that is Mirror exactly Phantasms, what I was hoping for. Something which like this. seems to be a person who has turned themselves into a mirror or maybe vice versa. They are mirrory and dreamy and definitely a phantasm. This is my mirror, Vera said. I don't know. I know that reference. Um, thank you. Where is it from? Uh, Harry Harry Potter. Good Harvey Porber. Yes. Har- <laughs> Harvey Porber. Uh, I was... If I had said Artemis Fowl, just oh then, my God. how angry would you have been? <laughs> I was hoping that Dream Mirror Phantasms would be a little creepier. This yeah. is kind of a well, nice very like This is like... Beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. Now, it does interact it's, it's with... Ki- it, it's giving me kind of like Ophelia vibes. Mm, yeah. Uh, it does interact with Dream Mirror of Terror, which is spooky. Kind of. Kind of. Not really. It looks like London at night. Oh my god, it does. It does look like London at night. Speaking of That's, late 90s... It looks like the London Bridge at night. Yeah. Speaking of late 90s, early 2000s media, haven't they been working on an Artemis Fowl movie for like 20 years? And they're just starting <laughs> it's to coming go out. through with it now. It's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be on uh, Disney Plus, I think. I don't think any kids of the modern day know who Artemis Fowl is. No, nobody Grace has any does. clue. Oh, Grace. Well, but Grace is cool. Is the yeah, thing. that's true. Um, the, the one good thing I've heard so far, because people are starting to watch it, uh, like pressers and stuff. The one good thing I've heard so far is Josh Gad is in it, um, who, let me make sure I'm getting this right before I, I tell Lauren where she would know him from. Uh, <laughs> Josh Gad was Bearclaw in New Girl. Oh my God. Bearclaw. Bearclaw. Um, he plays, what's the character's name? Muggins. He, he you plays, know- he plays the Hagrid of Artemis you would Fowl. think that I would have read the Artemis Fowl series, but I have not. I've I've read like half the first book. <laughs> that uh, tracks. He he plays basically the Hagrid of Artemis Fowl, and there's a, apparently a bunch of jokes that he does, but he does it in a Christian Bale Batman voice. And I've I have read in a couple of places now that that is the best part of the movie is Josh Gad doing Christian Bale. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, Don't Google search that. <laughs> Josh Gad doing Christian Bale. Wow, there's a lot of results for this. Um, a lot of fan fiction on a here. A lot of fan fi- Wow. Uh, just gonna just gonna add these to the bookmarks real quick. Um, <laughs> Congratulations to me. Congratulations to you. <laughs> Congratulations for doing so well in Yugi or not. Thank you for playing as always. Uh, this week on the show, we are not going to be doing a monster bracket. Just like the show, we are putting off the finals till later. <laughs> 
So next week, we are going to be doing a season recap episode. We're going to talk about our best and worst of the season, and we are going to do the final showdown between Zira the Mant and Fortress Whale. Uh, and the other reason that we're holding off is we want you, the listener, to weigh in. Uh, I'm going to be posting a poll on Twitter uh, where you can vote for who you should win. I also want you to email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com uh, to tell us who you think should have lasted longer uh, or appeared at all in this bracket of season two. So the ringers. So tweet at Bring us at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Look out for that uh, that poll and email us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. Subject line, monster bracket. Uh, and we will read your episodes or your episodes. We will read your <laughs> emails next episode. Uh, and we will determine who is the ultimate champion of the season two monster bracket. I feel like I've forgotten something. No. I, I don't think I don't think I have. I don't think we have. You're just uh, thinking we forgot the monster bracket, but that's what we were just talking <laughs> right, about. Right, because it, it feels strange not doing a monster bracket. Um, and that is going to be uh, our actual final episode for season two. After we do season two, we are going to do a few episodes. We haven't really determined how many, but we're going to explore some other shows. We're going to fuck around a bit. We're going to watch other, other seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh! We're going to watch... I don't know. I might try to get you all to watch the rest of Beyblade. Um, <laughs> and we're going to sort of experiment with the format of the show a little bit. We're going to make it a bit tighter. We're going to make it uh, a bit more accessible. And uh, what I would really love to start doing is start making some bonus content, some actual honest to God bonus content for you all. Uh, and some of the ideas that Jimmy, you and I have been texting about, I'm very excited for. So uh I, I've, yeah, I've, I'm completely thrown off by not doing the monster bracket, but, uh, uh, you can go to our website, heart of the dot cards. If you forgot any of the things that I've said so far, uh, and tune in next week for our end of series two wrap up finale fiasco fiesta. Uh, and it'll be a lot of fun. And until next time, don't you realize that I am the darkness? What, what is that supposed to mean? It's quite simple. It means I can't be destroyed. You haven't seen the last of me. Ah, 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 ah,